What's up, Internet? My name is David Webb. I'm Arielle Edwards. It's Monday, June 15th, 2020. We get nerdy nightly. And we thought we'd share it with you. Welcome back to the Nerdy Nightly Podcast. We were gone for two weeks. Well, no, we missed one week. We missed one week, Not yep. missed. We chose not to put out a podcast or mm-hmm. video or, you know, really do anything in the last bit just because it has been a complicated time mm-hmm. for the world. Yeah. And we wanted to observe that. And also, like, we just, it didn't, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. The world didn't need a nerdy podcast at the moment. And so... We gave it some breath and now we're back. I think it's more than just not needing. I think we also felt that we were in a position to learn and pay attention to something other than ourselves. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people have been doing that lately. And I think that it's valuable to the cultural conversation that some people take a little bit of pause in their lives and Mm -hmm. pay attention to those conversations that are being had by people who have a different experience than us. I think... It can be so tough sometimes to find time in the day. I mean, we've been talking about how crazy our schedule is between everything and just find time in the day to really put in the work and put in the time of trying to walk in someone else's shoes. And I think that Mm -hmm. a lot of that's been going on and a lot of that was the reason why we took time off. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Our our energy and attention was just better focused elsewhere for the moment. Yeah. Yeah. But we're back. And so is new stuff. It's been a while since anything new has come out. Not that long. I guess Scoob wasn't that long ago. Yeah, I just, I, it, it just feels like it's kind of a slow trickle at the yeah. moment. You know, there, there's usually other things that are happening. Like, there's usually more that's going on. And right now it just feels like, oh, yes, there's something new. It, yeah, it feels like there's always something come out in theaters. And because nothing's coming out in theaters, like there's no new posters. It's weird. Mm-hmm. We're just getting new release dates for movies that should have already come out. Yeah. Because Wonder Woman pushed back to October. Mm-hmm. Tenet, which everyone everyone was saying, Chris Nolan was saying, like, this is definitely staying. Yeah. July 17th. AMC was like, we're going to have 90% of theaters worldwide open on that day. We're going to be ready for Tenet. Mm-hmm. And that obviously is not going to happen now. When did he push it back until? I think they're just pushing it back to the 31st of okay. July. That's what I saw as well, and I just wanted to make sure. But even that seems early to me. Like, that just seems like... Um, yeah, I mean, I think people are hoping that, you know, this whole thing about the warm weather and it's going to slow down mm-hmm. the spread, that, that, you know, we might see a lull over the summer, especially in, like, you know, at near the end of July when it's, like, the hottest... Mm-hmm. So who knows? Um, it kind of depends on how the next few weeks go. Yeah, it's interesting looking at the numbers coming out of California with the 22,000 cases in the last seven days. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me think that like if you open, th- there's going to be a point where it is too late to stop. There, there will be a point yeah. where tenant has to come out because it's two weeks away and it's too late to postpone again. Mm-hmm. And if they hit that point and it looks like everything's shutting down and, you know, Houston was saying today they might go back to a stay-at-home order. Yeah. What does that do to Tenet? Like, will this movie be able... Is there any way in the climate that we're in right now that this movie makes any money? And I just... I'm not sure that there is. Yeah. 
which is you know sad because it looks brilliant those trailers look incredible and david um not david nolan christopher nolan christopher nolan <laughs> i was thinking about You're thinking david um, tennant <laughs> yeah because the movie's called tenet yeah. i'm thinking oh my god that's so funny um he's you know he's, he's one of my favorite directors and i i really love his work and so to think that this movie has this very huge hill to climb up is is tough yeah but some things are coming out we got a new movie <laughs> we we sure did it is a new technically old... a movie it yes there is kind of a beginning middle and end if you can figure out what that is there is a beginning a middle and end and i'm not sure that they're connected to each other in any way shape or form yeah yeah that sounds about right <laughs> well without getting into spoilers which uh after the ad break we're just going to talk spoilers on the artemis fowl the book versus the movie yes which is really what this discussion is about because yes. you and i are not film critics we're not pretending to be film no. critics this isn't a review of the movie this mm-hmm. is two nerds trying to figure out why the adaptation was so wrong. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Wrong is a good word, I think. I don't know what was right about that movie. Well, and it's it's like it's just fundamentally bizarre. Yeah. It starts with the the book Artemis Fowl. If you've never read it, Artemis Fowl by How do you pronounce his first name? I don't know. Yoin. Yoin. I don't. It's probably like Irish Win or something are like, like that. Yeah. Very confusing to me. We should I'm have so looked sorry. that up. But Yoin Koi, E O I N Colfer. We'll call him E O I N. He put out this book when I was a child about a twelve-year-old criminal mastermind named Artemis Fowl, who is related to a long line of criminal masterminds mm-hmm. who are all geniuses and you know pull off crimes in a world that unbeknownst to the humans living above has this fairy underworld beneath them Mm -hmm. and all this comes to a head when artemis fowl discovers the fairies and decides that he wants to steal their gold (laughs) that's what the book's about yeah and the book is about him kidnapping a fairy and holding her ransom in his house to get gold yeah and that's it yeah that's it's that's the whole plot of the book Mm -hmm. i mean there's stuff about his mom is ill and his dad's missing and presumed dead and but, yeah but that's literally that's literally kind of all of the plot lines. yeah that's that's the f- whole thing <laughs> <laughs> but the movie is yeah. about a 12 year old kid who's very smart mm-hmm. and because he's smart is kind of dick mm-hmm. who doesn't know that he's a criminal yet yeah mm, yeah no he's definitely not a criminal at the who- beginning Who's uh, really close with his dad and his mom just is not there. His mom's dead. His mom's dead in the movie. Which is wild. Uh-huh. And also, instead of him holding Holly Short, the captain of the Lep Recon unit. L.E.P. Recon. L.E.P. Recon. <laughs> which is funny in the book. Yeah. They set up that like um, humans came up with the word Leprechaun because they heard people saying Leprechaun. Yeah. Um, but so instead of him holding her hostage to get gold, his father is being held hostage by a weird hooded figure that looks like a Jawa by a Jawa. Yeah. So he holds her hostage. So he holds. So, so no. So Artemis Fowl mm-hmm. Jr. Yes. Holds Holly Short hostage to acquire the item to pay the ransom that will get his dad out of being held hostage. No, no, no. He wants. Wait, the 
Yeah, so so the the Jawa wants the the Aculos. Aculos, which is not in the book. Not in the book. It might be in the later books. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I I've, sure. I read them all when I was a kid, but I haven't read them in a while. Yeah, it yeah, so so he has to he wants the Aculos to help save his dad, so he captures a fairy because he thinks the fairies have it so that they'll give it to him. But usually so when I usually see an adaptation, what usually jumps out at me is that they've simplified things for the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they've taken something... Like yeah. when you look at like Goblet of Fire. Mm-hmm. Goblet of Fire was pared down a lot. But it's yeah. because so much happens in Goblet of Fire that like if we got into the whole Ludo Bagman is like a bad bookie situation, it, yeah. it's just too much. So usually it's to simplify. Mm-hmm. The book is so much simpler than what happens in this movie. Oh they, God, yeah. They add a million plot lines while also not setting up how anything works. No, and and things are extremely inconsistent throughout the movie. And you are left questioning whether or not you made it up the first time. Like, because it just, you're like, wait, this happened before and they're doing the same thing, but it somehow works differently. And (laughs) they use, I, I think, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the central fairy technology in the movie mm-hmm. and in the book mm-hmm. is that they can stop time and yes. it's important to both but the way the time stop works in the book is very simple very simple very clear it creates a consistent. bubble where you get like eight hours in the course of 15 minutes mm-hmm. inside that bubble time moves slower it's literally as simple as that yeah in the movie the first time stop stops humans from moving completely which becomes this like they it looks like they ripped off the quicksilver scene from x-men days of future past yeah literally that's what it was and then the second time stop does nothing right yeah it does nothing it doesn't it's just there until it starts to do weird random things that don't make any sense yeah yeah it's just like a force field remember the point in the movie where i looked at you this might be this isn't even a spoiler because it has nothing to do with the plot yeah but there's a point where i looked at you and i'm like is the time stop randomly killing fairies yeah it was so (laughs) weird i was like what is happening (laughs) yeah not not a spoiler because it's not relevant to the plot at all and it doesn't it's not relevant to anything it just doesn't make sense but it looks like several fairies are violently torn apart and no one seems to care. Excuse me. Like, yeah. <laughs> Foley... Wow. Great content. Um, Sorry. Foley the centaur is like, oh no, that fairy just got stretched by time. Yeah, and you're like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm concerned for this fairy. But then again, like, things happen to people and you're like, it, it's just so shocking like like i don't know in a way it kind of felt violent for a disney movie even though there was no like blood or gore but like 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 what was one of the very first things that happened where the the troll comes along yeah yeah, yeah. right like oh and he throws the little girl girl in the air like like (laughs) oh my god it was the wildest thing to watch because it literally he picks up a child and throws her and you're like, her what are what am i watching and ob- obviously it's a disney movie and she's saved like i don't think it's a spoiler to say that he ca- that holly catches her and brings her to the ground but he throws multiple other people yeah. in that scene that we don't that see, are like, dead yeah 
a giant through them. Yeah. And they're dead. And then, and then the guy and, fell off the roof. And, the off and, off. and, and after the like, time stuff, everyone's like, weird wedding. And I'm like, people are like, have broken bones. Yeah. We need the police. We need EMS. We need, we need some. <laughs> we need a therapist up in here. <laughs> we need a therapist to explain why you're all missing the last 15 minutes of your lives. Yeah. I think if that's how time stops work, but the movie spends zero time trying to explain how anything works. Yeah. Yeah. You're just kind of like they just kind of are like this is what's happening and we're not going to tell you how or why and you're like and we're going to move on from it so fast that it won't matter yeah truly like the amount of information they just hurl at you Mm -hmm. sometimes is wild like i I, like i was so confused i was still trying to catch up from what happened from the scene before that i couldn't Mm -hmm. process all this information the scene when butler introduces artemis to his father's fairy research lab oh yeah he's like you weren't supposed to see this until later but i'm going to show you everything and we're just gonna like yeah and that's the speed he's talking at because he's like hurrying down the stairs and he's speaking so fast and delivering yeah the exposition where he's telling a character who is supposed to already know all this because in the books artemis is the one who figures everything out yeah and that bugs me what what bugs me most about this movie in the adaptation mm-hmm. is that the characters are fundamentally not the characters <laughs> who they are supposed to be yeah like artemis is supposed to be a cold Cunning, deceiving calculated brilliant inventor who doesn't like the sun yeah very and that awkward. last one is very important because the, we're introduced to him surfing yeah so the movie starts with literally artemis fowl surfing on the coast oh, of ireland it doesn't start with that it starts with josh gad oh you're right i forgot oh i blocked that out <laughs> with polyps oh, wow. on his vocal folds <laughs> talking mm. into camera that can't be that can't be his voice that did that they must have that must have been editing i don't know i think he just talked like this it sounded like christian oh, bale's batman voice yeah and i know that dan Merle said that in his video but he's right dan Merle yeah. nailed it dan Merle's review on this is actually hilarious and that's a real critic yeah who is I, I just baffled and i'm baffled yeah because this is directed by kenneth Branagh. yeah a person who i think you and i both have immense respect for. oh he's he's done some incredible work i mean the first thor movie yeah he... <laughs> which isn't fair because i love the first thor movie and i know that it's not everyone's favorite but i think that he got the shakespearean-ness of it so well mm-hmm. um he's gilderoy lockhart yeah did he do murder on the orient express as well yeah yeah. And he plays, um, he directed He's, and starred in and that started one. And starred in that one. That was, a, I loved that movie. And you know what? There's things in this movie that I can see his touch on. Mm-hmm. Like the visuals at times are really pretty. The yes. way Ireland is shot in this oh, movie. stunning. Is stunning. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, it, it, at times it just feels like he was given a script of nonsense because mm-hmm. some of it's truly nonsense there, yes. there's stuff in this movie that is so inconsistent within the script yeah it really does not make sense and like, we'll talk about it i, I don't I'm, I'm trying to talk around it because it's such a spoiler mm-hmm. but the the central conceit of the movie doesn't function no no it doesn't work it doesn't make any sense and there there's a moment where characters there's a moment where holly and artemis change their relationship to each other 
so drastically <laughs> so and so quickly so that the rest of the movie can happen. Yeah, yeah. It takes about 14 seconds and the whole movie is different. It's three lines. Yeah. Like it's literally three lines. So to, to help the movie not have to explain that Artemis's plan doesn't work, make sense, and he's an idiot. Like it's mm-hmm. so insane a moment that I was cackling on the couch. Oh, yeah. I there were so many times I just burst out laughing from sheer absurdity. It was well, Judy Dench. Ju- Judy Dench gave. <laughs> I truly thought there would never be a more memorable Ju- Judy Dench moment than when she delivered the, the "a cat is not a dog" moment yep, into in camera cats. in cats. Mm-hmm. And yet, despite the fact that it's only been six months since Cats came out, no, she she topped it. She this is herself. the most iconic. The, What's sad to me is that I think this might be what Judy Dench is remembered for in a hundred years, oh, no, I because hope not. it's going to be memed and gift <laughs> into the next millennium. In the yeah. year three thousand, the first meme that will be posted on whatever version of the internet we have at midnight will be <laughs> Judy Dench saying "Top of the morning" in her ridiculous <laughs> leprechaun costume. Uh, they missed that out in um, the song. The, who wrote that bowling for soup a band to the no jonas brothers no <laughs> what's there's happening a, no there's a song it's like i've been to the year 3000 not much has changed but they lived underwater they just they forgot that you judy know, dench judy- said top of the morning <laughs> yeah um it's it is the finest and what makes it truly exceptional what truly makes it exceptional is that judy dench delivers the line with utmost sincerity oh yeah yeah she's like like it's like arnold schwarzenegger level like commitment i okay <laughs> what <laughs> I, I, I just... no okay he <laughs> says the most ridiculous lines and he is so dead serious about it but he's a bad actor this is a good <laughs> actor and arnold schwarzenegger got better at acting later yes, i will admit yeah he did um I actually really like that movie he did with Johnny Knoxville. I think it's called The Last Stand or something. He plays a sheriff in Texas and there's like people coming across the border and they've just got a bunch of guns. It's it's wild. It, right. It's a But he's great in it. And Johnny Knoxville is actually pretty good in it. Um, I think it's called The Last Stand. The Last... Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, th- this is a good actor. Yeah. Like a truly good actor mm-hmm. committing... The way that they would to, like, to be or not to be. Mm-hmm. To say top of the morning when they arrive in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> do you think... Do you think... Yoin Colfer has seen this movie? He must have. I hope not. Do you think he was offended by that line? Because I would be. If I was Irish, I would feel offended. Yeah. It, mm. Not the only offensive thing in this movie, but... Oh, God. We haven't even gotten into that. Yeah, it's... I, I, I don't know. It was a choice. Um, it, Yeah, it yeah. was definitely a choice that was made by a group of people with $125 million. Which... I get... You know what? It's pretty. <laughs> it, is, it is pretty. I'm trying to think of things that were, like, good. But, like, <laughs> things, that, things that were overly complicated. In the book, Holly has her weapon holly is holly is just like this in the book she's just a captain mm-hmm. who's ends up on this mission because she's the only female 
fairy. She, she happens to just be in the right place at the right time. Because yeah. So what happens is she, you, like, right at the beginning of the book, she, like, wakes up. She goes to work. She gets called into Ruth's office. And he's given her shit. Um, and then the the call comes in, like, while they're still there. Like, he's, he's about to basically demote her. And it's a man. And it's important that in the book... Commander Root is a man because a yes. central part of her character is that she's the first female fairy in this elite division ever. Yes, yes. And it's a big deal. And, you know, he, he, he at first, you know, seems like a hard ass and not like the greatest person. But you you realize that he's doing it because he wants her to succeed. And like you said, like he has to, like she needs to push herself harder because she has a... a she is a bar to set being the very first. Yeah, there's female. a burden of expectation upon her. Exactly. Um, but yeah, she just happens to be in the office when the call comes in. And she's like, uh, like this is my chance to redeem myself. Yeah. Um, you know, don't don't fire or demote me or wed, whatever Well, and the troll incident has nothing to do with her getting captured in the book. She no, has yeah. to go... Well, it kind of does. But she has to go recharge her magic, mm-hmm. which is a thing that's not brought up in the movie at all. Wasn't it? No, she goes to the tree to try and clear her father's name. Oh, yeah. Because they added right, the whole thing so... about how her father was this, like... A traitor? Oh, my God. Yeah, that that's not any... Yeah, that was just unnecessary. I was very confused. But, yeah, she gets the acorn from the tree in the book, which helps her get... Her magic back. It's, in, I, I, yeah. You know what I'm realizing? It's impossible to compare these two things. They're not the same at all. they're so different. They're not the same. Like the the things that are the similar <laughs> are the names of the characters. The, it takes place and only mostly the names. at Fowl Manor. Like, yeah. Yeah, in and everything else is different. Everything else is different. That who the characters are fundamentally is different. Um, like the the plot lines are vastly different. Like, there. Yeah, I. It's really hard to keep them straight. All right, the recorder is about to die, so we're gonna jump to our ad break really quick here. And then we're going to put some fresh batteries in it and we'll come back after the ads to talk about this. And then we'll go into some spoilers after that. And uh, yeah, little tease for after the ad break. Holly Short is a black girl in the book and she's not in the movie. So yep. very curious to see how that's going to play out for Disney in the next few weeks as people see this and see that that happened. Yeah. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> fresh batteries in the Zoom. <laughs> we're back should we talk about yeah i mean you casting know, let's just jump right into it um let, okay let's start first of all i think we should talk about a couple of the, like the central characters so if i say we should start with artemis fowl artemis fowl is cast fine he's yeah fine the, i mean the way that the character is written i think is completely wrong in the movie oh god yeah yeah um well he doesn't like the the central thing is that he's a child criminal and in this movie at no point does he commit any human crime yeah he commits crimes i mean i guess kidnapping's a crime but if you kidnap a fairy tale creature you know what i mean like the, yeah he, he never commits a crime in this entire film except yeah, no. against the fairies and then at the end he's like i'm artemis <laughs> are we doing spoilers i you <laughs> Does it matter? I don't know. I mean, it's... Guys, don't see the movie. Yeah, don't watch it. (laughs) And, like, if you are like me, 
Mm-hmm. And I am a person who loves bad movies. Watch this movie. <laughs> if you want to watch a movie that How Did This Get Made will talk about on their podcast at some point. Because I know that they will. Mm-hmm. If you want to get a head start on How Did This Get Made, watch Artemis Fowl. Yeah. If you like Artemis Fowl, pretend this never happened. Yeah. Because he literally does not think that he's a criminal at the beginning of the movie. No. So, to the point where the news is like, we're, let's just do spoilers. You yeah. know what? It doesn't matter. It's, it's the worst adaptation ever made. Yeah. And that includes Aragon. Which is your least favorite movie ever. Oh, God. Yeah. I want to burn that movie. But this was worse. But at least, like, at least in Aragon, Aragon is Aragon and Safira is Safira. Yeah. They are similar to their characters and honestly as much as aragon changes things from the book to the movie Mm -hmm. the plot functions you can still follow it the plot of this movie does not function doesn't hurt your head (laughs) so artemis fowl they got wrong because he's not a mastermind and he's not a criminal and he's he's just kind of like a kind of sporty kind of awkward but he's not awkward douchebag i mean i don't he's he's just an entitled dick yeah like he's mean to his guidance counselor because his guidance counselor is like, it's probably hard that, like, your mother and your father are both absent from the picture. And he's like, your chair is fake. Yeah, like... <laughs> that scene was... That scene was terrible, but... Bad. Really bad. Um, yeah. But let's let's just talk about the casting. We can talk about how the plot makes no sense later. Mm-hmm. But let's yeah. talk about how Captain Holly Short in the book has chestnut brown skin. Yeah, she's literally described as having nut brown skin, auburn hair... And hazel eyes. Mm -hmm. And she has none of those things. Literally none of those things. Literally none. She's the whitest white girl. She's almost as white as I am. Like. Yeah. It was. Like. And I I read that in the book. And I was like. Wait a second. I've seen the trailer for this movie. And. Hmm. You know. Like. I was like. That. That can't be right. Well. And. It it is. It's fascinating to me. Because it feels like. Diversity was considered in the casting of this movie. In that Foley, Butler, and Juliet are all black. And yet, the one the, the one of the two main characters in the book is supposed to be a, a intelligent, capable black girl. I mean, yeah, or at least, you know, a person of color. Uh, like, at the very it, least. You know, like, it... <laughs> and, like, yeah. Disney has Zendaya on speed dial. Why Seriously. wasn't she... She would have kicked ass at that role. She, if it had been written like the book, yeah, like yeah, mm-hmm. y- y- there, the, and that's just one of a list of people who like could have been great in this role. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying the, the the young girl that they had, I don't even know her name, unfortunately, because she's new to me. But the the young girl they had, it, it she did a fine job. It's yeah, not that it's she's fine. bad. It's just that she's playing a role that was written in the book as being a person of color. Yeah. And that alone would be problematic, especially, and, and, you know, the lens that we're watching this movie in is the current lens, mm-hmm. which and is what you it know is. What? It, sh- it should be. But the thing that bothers me the most about this movie is that Butler, the character whose name is Butler, <sighs> yeah. is black. Yeah, he's the, uh, like... The, the guy who's... The, the butlers are in servitude to the fowls and it's Generation just, after generation, the butlers have served the fowls. And that just makes it weird. And making them black is so... Just what a tone-deaf choice. And, like, the movie goes out of its way to be like, don't call him... Like, Josh Gad has that whole monologue where he's like, don't call him the butler because he'll get pissed. And I'm like, that's what? not from the book. Yeah. I think you added that because you realized that you 
cast a black man as the character named Butler. Yeah, and like you know what? I think Foley works. Sure, it, that that casting, you know, fi- like there I are. I guess the, my uh, the problem I have with Foley is not that he's black. The problem mm-hmm. I have with Foley is that in the books he's funny. Yeah, like Foley is, <laughs> is this person who is so smart mm-hmm. and so necessary that he can. He's the only person who can make jokes. Yeah, because he can get away with anything. They can't fire him. Yeah, their society needs him to function because he built the technology their society is built on. Yeah, it literally says like if anyone but him tries to boot it up, it'll like He's, reset itself. He has set it up to collapse. Yeah. yeah. So he he is this smart alecky. He he's the one who gets under Commander Root's skin. Mm-hmm. This this actor who played Foley in the movie, who mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm sure is a great actor, mm-hmm. but just wasn't given that same kind of snarky dialogue. Yeah, yeah, it definitely wasn't funny or quirky in the way that it, he was in the book. And look, he is a handsome man. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna throw yeah. it out there. That like shaved side, long hair. Like I was like, dude, he looked good. Yeah, uh, he was absolutely. an attractive dude, <laughs> galloping around. There's that one shot of him galloping. Okay, the CGI was rough. But that one shot of him galloping but... isn't the CGI. That the, it's how whatever wire he was on to move him. Mm-hmm. The the motion of the ocean was. <laughs> yeah. Was I can't. I, eventually, once I figure, once I can, I'll gif it. Because it needs to be a gif. <laughs> There's so many gifable moments in this movie. Yeah. We can do that on my computer. I we'll, hope we'll that, make it. We'll oh, make yeah, the thing. yeah. I hope this movie blows up. I hope everyone watches it so that we can share the, like, cultural joke of having experienced <laughs> it. Spell. Like, in the way Cats was? Yeah. In the yeah. same way where I was like, Ariel, you have to watch Cats. <laughs> because otherwise you don't understand... The insanity this yeah. movie has a similar quality yeah it was truly just like watching a train wreck yeah like you couldn't look away and that's how i thought felt when i was watching cats and what's weird about it is that other than the script writer everyone showed up and did their job like josh gad is mm-hmm. josh he's doing his job like everyone mm-hmm. it looks like everyone did what they asked of them but none of those jobs lined up with each other. No, it was like you had a hundred different perspectives on what this was supposed to be, and none of them were the book. <laughs> Something that's wild about going back to casting, because mm-hmm. I, I want to get back to the Butler thing, because you yeah. know I think it's important. But one of the wildest casting choices they made in this movie was to cast almost all the fairies as children. Yes. To because they're I, they live I get they live a long time whatever, but when you do that. Judy Dench seems so wildly out of place. Yeah. Because there's no one her contemporary in the movie. No, like not even close. And she's m- much taller as well. Like Holly in the book is three feet tall. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. she's a fairy. She's a fairy. Like they're all supposed to be smaller The, the fairies in this movie are human size. They're, they're Josh human Josh is a dwarf size. who is the tallest person other than Butler in the film. Yeah. Yeah, it's... And, like, in the effort... I think, like, in the effort to save money, they they add all this stuff about him being a giant dwarf. Yeah, which I'm like, what? Where did that come from? Like, from what them the not wanting to it? make him smaller. Right. They just didn't They didn't want to do the work. Right. So instead, they were like... I don't want to do the work today. Because that's not in the book. Like, they just added it. Yeah. No, it, it, that was weird. I was like... Yeah, I, I, did, I, I asked you. I was like, wait, in the book, he's not... No. He's yeah. a normal dwarf. He just... 
they, they, they gave up on the give him giving because the interesting thing about mulch diggums is that he chooses to be a dwarf with no magic mm-hmm. in order to break into people's homes and be a criminal yeah and in this there's none of that he just is a giant dwarf whose dream is to be a normal sized dwarf yeah it, and, wild yeah i mm-hmm. truly truly wild but also there's a point where they say that like Mulch is going to prison for 400 years. Yes. And he's already been in prison. One of his stints was like 150 years. So dude's got to be old. Oh, God. I mean, they but, all have to be years But Judy Dench, years at old. one point in the movie, says that she's 800. Oh, yeah. So, like, dude. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't even think about that. Because when you look at Judy Dench and you look at the children who are cops <laughs> in this world. Child cops. It's like you're boss like baby. oh you must it be like you must like... be like three thousand years old and she's like I'm eight hundred and you're like what the, the what's wrong with everybody else yeah why are there no adults except for the one foppish pseudo bad guy who has an ascot oh, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't even match <laughs> the most his everyone else everyone else is in fairy stuff and then the one like bad guy has a human ascot to make him more foppish and like dainty a villain yeah. That was a choice. Everything I, in this movie was a choice. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. It's it's us it's for kids. Oh, 100%. But it's structured in a way that I don't know how any child could understand what's going on. No, I didn't even understand it. Like and, and I It's problematic. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Butler, Butler being black is it's just problematic. No, it's yeah. It would be I don't even know if it would be... I was going to say it would be less problematic if Holly Short was also black. I don't but know. But I don't I, know that it... That, it, it I think there was a poor choice. You yeah. didn't need to do that. You yeah. know? Like you... you <laughs> yeah. You, you could have had made Butler be choice. white. He could have been an old Irish white butler. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't have been... I wouldn't have even thought about it. Yeah. But because you made the like lifelong indentured servant character a black man... It just brings up this historical... I mean, look at the fact that Gone with the Wind is being... You know, I, I don't know what HBO Max is doing with it, but they're doing mm-hmm. something with it to try and acknowledge that the Mamie character... Or Mammy Mammy character is really historically problematic. Mm-hmm. And it's just wild to me that this movie in 2020 comes out where they're like, this is the butler. He's gonna be this adult black man who listens to this white child because he literally has to and yeah it's I, it just it really rubbed me the wrong way for the whole movie i just and and you know they they clearly play it as if they have this very loving relationship and the moment where butler at the end of the movie is in danger and you know ultimately is hurt and is dying for a couple minutes mm-hmm. like they have a they have a real relationship and it's not like, you know, Butler sees or um, Artemis sees Butler as this like underling. So, yeah. you know, that's OK. But like it's just it was really at times hard to swallow that choice. And it just seemed mm-hmm. from a company as large as Disney that is, you know, I think Disney is working really hard to be diverse yeah. and they're, they're, they're pushing in the right directions yeah. I don't know if they've accomplished it yet, but they're definitely trying. And I, you can see in the content that they're making that they're trying mm-hmm. to 
for a corporation with as many people who had to sign off on everything in this movie. Well, that's the thing is it had to that had to be approved and go through so many different people, and it just shocks me that nobody thought to say, "Hey, maybe." not but it's also kind of like a bunch of people made this movie who had never read the book yeah i yeah it definitely seemed like they had like you said they'd read like the wikipedia page kind of oh yeah like when they were drunk that they drunkenly read the wikipedia page and then wrote a script based off of it yeah because it does not yeah it does not resemble the book at all all right so i I think we're both acknowledged that the movie has a race issue Mm mm-hmm Holly Short should be black. She just or or brown or you know she should be Holly Short should be. She just shouldn't be as white as paper like I am. Yeah. Like it just. They should have cast an ethnic girl as the lead. Yeah. Let's talk about. Uh, we bought, we're in agreement with that. I don't think I think people at Disney are gonna be like, yeah, we messed up. Let's talk about how the plot of this movie. We're in spoilers now, so we can really get into it. Yeah. How the plot of this movie truly falls apart yeah i don't even know where to begin with that because it really is just such a hot mess let's talk okay well let's start with the the framing devices that josh gads mulch diggums the giant dwarf Mm -hmm. has been captured by mi6 yeah and put into a interrogation facility that is a repurposed set piece from Mortal Engines. Mm, yeah. Because <laughs> um, it's where they, it's the it's the same like weird water above water prison where they keep. Yeah, sort um, of like a tin can right above the water yeah. off the ocean. But it's the almost the exact same place that they keep um, the, oh my God, what's the robot's name in Mortal Engines? Um, that is played by the bad guy from Avatar. I... Stephen Lang's character from Mortal Engines is in the same prison at the beginning. Okay. Um, when they cut to that, I was like, what's happening? Another another flop movie that was a bad adaptation did this exact same thing. <laughs> He's in this prison being interrogated. And he this is the this is the framing narration of the movie. And he is aware it seems like he's aware of the fact that he's narrating a movie. Yes. Because the way that he answers question is like, there's a moment that where I f- lost yeah, my mind. Yeah, you were like... Because <laughs> so, Josh Gad looks into camera and goes, welcome to Haven City. And I was like, you're you're being interrogated by the cops. What? Yeah, we, they, they don't know what you're talking about. They don't like, know that the visual just popped up on screen. Yeah, of... literally. But it... And as a framing device, it just, it functionally doesn't work because Mulch has too much information about what's going on. And mm-hmm. so he can't reveal anything to the audience because the he has to hide things from the movie itself. The movie would have, I, I, I really wish that it had just been Captain Short's narration. Make her your protagonist because she's the only actual good person in this world. Yep. And... Because that's what the book does. Mm-hmm. But instead, the movie's like, okay, well, Mulch is going to be funny. He's going to say things that are wildly ri- ridiculous. Yeah. And the movie, I think the movie really suffers for it. Because he's not a, he's not an interesting enough character to carry the narration of it. No, he's literally a kleptomaniac dwarf. That's it. And the end moment where it turns out that he works for Artemis now... 
comes so far out of left field. Yeah. Because he's like, I love my job. And I'm like, you've had this job for a, like six hours, dude. Like, yeah. I'm like, and what is your job exactly to tell MI6 that all fairies about exist? the fairies? Like, <laughs> confused. Well, and he his dialogue is literally like, can you imagine... Because he's trying to explain why it would be bad if Artemis revealed fairies to the world. Mm-hmm. And he's like, can you imagine if humans found out about fairies? And I'm like, wait, but, but you're, you're talking... literally doing that right now. Like You're you- talking to humans right now. This yeah. isn't to the audience of the movie. This yeah. is to MI6, which is a government fairy agency. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and the, 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 so far we've only talked about the first like five minutes of the movie, and it's like already so problematic. Like, oh yeah, I, I'm like. So, Armistice Child's father gets kidnapped. By we learn that it's this is full spoiler. So we learn that it's Opal Cowboy, the villain from the second and fourth Artemis Fowl books. Wait, do we learn that in the movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he, uh, um, Artemis Fowl's dad says it. Oh. At the end. Okay, I think I missed that. Um, yeah. Who who kidnapped you? Opal Cowboy. Like, they're like... Because it's one of those things where it's they're shoehorning it in because they want people of the books to be like, I know that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Opal Cowboy tells Artemis that he needs to get the Aculos or else he's going to kill his father. Mm-hmm. Artemis Fowl, it's who just, does not believe in fairies... No, he's just like a smart, snarky kid... Decides that he's going to kidnap a fairy so that he can have the fairies give him the Aculos to give to, give to Opal Cowboy. Yeah. The first problem with this is that Artemis Fowl is told this by Opal Cowboy in front of Artemis's father. Mm-hmm. Artemis's father knows that the fairy knows that the, the Aculos is, is in his house and that his son doesn't know that. Yeah. And so instead of like talking or being like, he's like, no, stay out of it. And like, that's it. So Artemis kidnaps Holly to get the fairies to give him the Aculus, which they don't have. Yeah. So nobody has the Aculus at this point. Yeah. Well, except Artemis's house has the Aculus. Yeah. At which point, they decide to invade Ireland, full full on invade Ireland with an, oh, army, an army, an army of fairies who like, will continue to do nothing for the rest of the movie. Yeah, they'll just be there. There's like twelve fairies in the book, mm-hmm. which makes sense for what's accomplished. Mm-hmm. This movie, there's a hundred and fifty fairies. Yeah, and instead of just storming the house with a hundred fifty fairies, which they would have won easily, yeah. the fairies stand outside and don't do anything. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is they don't talk about that you have to be invited in in the movie. In... No, they, well, I mean, they, they allude to it. Like when um, Judy Dench is at the door, Artemis is like, I invite you in. And she's like, very funny. I'm here to negotiate. Oh, right. Yeah. Judy it... Dench was also punched in the throat before every one of her scenes in this movie. Yeah. What is with the voices? Yeah. Anyways. Uh, it... I don't know. It, yeah. But so in the middle of the movie, Artemis Fowl goes, this is all going, they're like, oh, the... They brought the dwarf. This is all going according to plan. Which, what plan? We, like, this... His, but, but his plan is to have them hand over the Aculos. But yeah. then Mulch Diggums breaks into the house, mm-hmm. opens a safe, and Artemis is like, oh, good, it's here. And yeah. you're like, wait, you 
knew that the Aculus was in your house. Yeah, it didn't make but sense. But you... So Ar- Artemis's plan revolves around him needing the fairies to bring a dwarf, bring a dwarf to his house so that the dwarf can open the safe so that he can then have the Aculos to take to Opal. But then the, the there's no plan after that. It also like, has no... to be a very specific dwarf, a kleptomaniac dwarf who can break into this very complicated safe. Right, because like... in the book, Mulch is sent in to break into the safe and find out how Artemis knows about fairies. Yes, yeah. So he's... he has a reason to sneak around the house. In the movie, he's supposed to save Holly. Yeah, he's supposed to get in there and save Holly. And he, he said he doesn't finds... do that. Yeah, he finds the safe and he's like, ooh. And he, he uses... also finds the safe and then is like, well, I guess I'm on Artemis's team now. And <laughs> and it doesn't. Yeah, I. I... Also, <laughs> Artemis and Holly are having a conversation. <laughs> and she's like, I don't trust you. And he's like, I need to trust you. And then he takes his glasses off, which he shouldn't do because she can like mesmer him with her eyes and like control him. Yeah. And he's like, will you mesmer me? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, I'm going to let you out because we need to be on the same side because your father died and my father's... Going to die? They bond over the fact that her father's dead and his father's kidnapped. Yeah, but in like literally six seconds. But then she, (laughs) because his father's kidnapped, decides to betray fairy kind. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, she can do... She can end the movie. Yeah. Like the Aculos is there and she's there and she can be like, hey, I've got the Aculos. We're good. Yeah. Instead, she goes to war with her own people. Yeah. So that For Artemis reasons unknown. can hand over the Aculos. Like, the the movie is so... Has has such a little desire to explain what's going on. Mm-hmm. That people just change sides. Yeah. And then they're a team against the troll. Yeah, then, yeah. so they let the troll in the house. Because like, Kajin they... takes over because Opal Boy is so powerful that he can have Commander Root. Yeah. Um, in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, so Judy Dench gets demoted for about five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he comes in and he's like, oh I'm taking over. I have friends on the council or some shit like that. And he brings in a troll to, like, storm the house and just basically murder everybody so that they can w- then walk in and take the Aculos. Or no, and so that they can walk in and get Holly. They don't even know the Aculos is in there. No, they do because Mulch has the Only eye when- camera. But they... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they send the troll in, even though they know the Aculus is in there. Yeah. Because they... No, no, no. Because they can't enter because Artemis Fowl says that no... No, it does make sense. They they can't enter because Artemis Fowl says that no fairy can enter until I die... While I'm alive. While I'm alive. So they need to kill Artemis. So they send in a troll, who mm-hmm. is technically a fairy, to... Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though. Because the book gets around this because Mulch can enter the house... Because he has no magic. They just, they and don't. And the troll ex- can get in the house because he has no magic. Yes. But they don't explain the entering the house, the whole like yeah. fairy back lore that's like you must be invited in and you mm-hmm. can't do anything that the host does not allow you to, like things like that. It's does not explain that at all. So you. There's also the moment, it's a great moment, when. Because in the book, Holly has a gun. That mm-hmm. does one thing. It's a very simple gun. Mm-hmm. In the movie, she has a sphere. No, a, a, like a dit, like a old like Walkman. It, it kind of looks become, actually like a graphics card. Oh, God, it kind of looks like it a looks graphics like a graphics card. card with a handle that can become any kind of weapon. Mm-hmm. To the point that, at one point, in a fight, 
Butler turns it into a bow and arrow and oh, yeah. shoots the the time stop device that isn't doing anything. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even gotten to that yet. Destabilizes the time field. Which is doing nothing. Which is doing nothing. But when it's destabilized, it suddenly starts to suck the elves out of the... We talked about this earlier, but like... Yeah. So we get we're getting to the end of the movie and the aculos is in artemis's hands the fairies are still attacking mm-hmm. and they're the, the the time stop is about to collapse so they all start evacuating even mm-hmm. though they don't have the aculos but they're like well we gotta go like yeah th- there's no <laughs> there's no plan on their part to be like hey you know that thing that's the most important weapon they oh the it's, a, it's also a weapon never that's never explained yeah how it's a weapon we don't know very complicated we don't know what it does how it works <laughs> but it, it heals a little bit they no, just wait. start they 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 just start to retreat for no reason wait it teleports accuracy. people oh that's it the yeah. can teleport armies around i guess is why it's dangerous yeah, that's all we is know. Is that throwaway line in the movie? They say the Aculos 90 times. Yeah. W- way too often, but they don't explain it. But so they <laughs> they don't have the Aculos. They don't have Holly. They literally have nothing. Mm-hmm. They have failed utterly. And they start to retreat because the time stop is ending. Yeah. And it just starts wreaking havoc. Yeah. Oh, it starts like just chucking fairies around and like... <laughs> Stretching them. Stre- it's It's really weird but then they just leave mm-hmm. and like they leave artemis with the aculos like they, it's yeah. the most important thing and they're not and they're like well we well we messed up so i guess you can have it like, yeah like it it would be like if the united <laughs> states like lost a nuke in iran you know what i mean yeah they lost a nuke in iran and they were like all right well we have 30 minutes to get it back and then at the end of that 30 minutes they're like well, we don't have a bag. I guess well, we didn't get, get out of here. I guess they get to keep the nuke. Yeah, like it just, it, it, oh, God. <laughs> and then she saves Artemis Fowl's dad. Yeah, by teleporting him, I guess, as he's and dying. Then I, and then the movie's over at that point. Like, the plot's done. But it keeps going. Well, yeah, because everybody gets an ending. This is a movie where every character gets an ending. Yeah. Every character gets a final scene. Mm-hmm. It, it feels, the, the the number of endings feels like it's the end of the franchise. Like, they're like, oh, here's Commander Roots, goodbye. They pulled, like, a Lord of the Rings. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's the Return of the King, but it's the first one. Yeah. And then oh, man. Artemis Fowl, despite not being a criminal, declares himself a master criminal. Yeah. He's like, I'm a criminal mastermind. You've not committed any, any crimes. crimes. Literally. Oh, and the other thing is... Um, conveniently, so Holly teleports Artemis Fowl Sr. back to the place, and he's like, oh, Holly, your dad helped me steal the Aklos and hide it here. He's actually a good person and not a traitor at all. And you're like, wow, what a plot twist. Oh, yeah, that's (laughs) right, because her dad was a traitor. Yeah, so her dad is, like, dead and is thought to be a traitor that he used his magic against the fairies or something like that. It's not very clear, in the book, she's just kind of a slightly lazy but ultimately really good cop. Yeah. That yeah. is it. Yeah, there's they no made family it issues. So complicated. The family issues might come from a later book that I just don't remember. True. That's fair. And like, this is a movie 
that was made with the idea that they would get to make a bunch of them. Like, they made this movie being like, we're going to make six of these. So, yeah, like, no. we need to make sure that we have plot lines to follow later. Yeah, that's what definitely what it feels like. Like, they chucked as much crap as they could into this movie. Yeah. That it's impossible to follow. But yeah, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. That Artemis is like, oh, yeah, your dad, he's he's cool. Yeah. And she's like, oh, great. Like, Oh, my dad was the best. What happened to the Oculus at the end? Did she take it back down to Fairyland? No, the... the they just like kept it. I'm pretty sure. I have no. We watched this last night, and I have no idea what happened to the Oculus. It's the most important thing in the whole movie. And I think she takes it back with her. Yeah. I I have no idea. Honestly, I don't. This this is gonna be the most nonsensical podcast we've made because yep. I don't know how to talk about this movie. Like. Yeah. It's hilarious. Oh God, yeah. If unintentionally, there's one. Like, there actually, there's two jokes. I I'm not gonna spoil them because they're both great and they're both Mulch Diggums moments. Yes, he does get. And there's two moments that are genuinely they were trying to be funny and they are. Mm-hmm. They threaded the needle. Mm-hmm. But they're not the funniest moments in the movie. <laughs> the funniest moments in the movie are moments that are are a hundred percent serious. Yeah. And ended up breaking my spirit. Yeah. With laughter. I laughed so hard that my back hurt yeah. at some things in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... Uh... I almost wish I hadn't... Because I reread the book earlier this week, and you almost read the... You read the book for the first time this week to get ready for this. Mm-hmm. And I almost wish I hadn't, because I feel like if I didn't have the book so in my brain... It I might would've... be easier to talk about the movie. Because I, I feel like, in a way, we're, we're kind of like compensating for the movie... Like, things that aren't there. Like, I think we're making connections because the story is in our head, but, like... I don't think we are. Because we've said that this movie doesn't function as a film, and it yeah. doesn't. Like, the yeah, A, B, C, D of it doesn't... It's like, A is from one book, and then B is from another book. C is from a yeah. television show that no one has ever watched before. <laughs> And D is from, like, a graphic novel that was only given out in free zines in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) And they amalgamated them into something, but didn't try and connect them. Because the threads just don't... No, it truly makes no sense. And then there's this big crime family at the end where... Things just happen. It's a movie where random things just happen. Yeah. At a house in Ireland. The most magical place on Earth. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) And like, and then the, that oh. end moment where like they're flying in a helicopter through the air, and the the, the shots don't line up. And because yeah, Colin Farrell isn't in the helicopter, but there's a shot of him speaking in the helicopter. It doesn't make sense. It re- <laughs> like, and then Holly's just like flying by with them, and it's just oh yeah, she's just hanging out on Earth on the surface. No big deal. They're just Why is she all the there? crime mafia now i I really yeah and but it's not actually clear what they're doing so they're just hanging out the thing about the books that's really fun is that over at the end of the first book there's this amazing line and i'm gonna i i'm gonna paraphrase it because i don't have it in front of me there's an amazing line in the book where he says where he writes um for holly it's her internal monologue of her saying uh hate was born this day Mm-hmm. And it's her hatred for Artemis Fowl. Mm-hmm. Because in the first book, she grows to loathe him. Yeah. 
like truly loathe him. Yeah. And the, it's a loathing that carries over multiple books mm-hmm. until they end up having to work together and he becomes sort of an anti-hero mm-hmm. later in the series. And as the series goes on, he becomes more of the anti-hero that this book, the movie wanted him to be the whole time. Mm-hmm. But at the end of this movie, he makes the choice to start being a criminal then because he's never been a criminal before and she's still a cop. So there's no reason for... He's working with the police, but he's a criminal? Like, yeah. It, and, I mean, the other thing as well is, um, uh, like, the movie brought in Juliet, right? Yes. Juliet. They, like, introduced her, and they, like, had her there, and they were, like... I miss the wrestling. I wish that she'd been obsessed with she, wrestling. Yeah, she was a nothing per- person. Oh, she had no character. She had no character. She had, like... She, there was almost no point in her even being there but like in the she stood on top of that one tower that one time and was like hey there's a thing yeah and that's about it that's truly it but like in so in in the in the book holly doesn't like humans you know the, the mm-hmm. mud people she's like they're fucking the cool. mud people yeah they're barbarians basically um and like doesn't really care much you know if butler dies or artemis dies doesn't really give a shit but um but does care about Juliet because she's like a kid and she's kind of she's kind of just there. Yeah, yeah, she's nice to her, and you know she's obviously not involved. like really involved in this yeah. plan. But in the movie, Holly really likes people. She like tries to. Oh, Holly has no problem with humans. Yeah, she 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 thinks humans are great. Yeah. She like save their ice cream cones if they need it. But not them. Like, they save the ice creams, but that man falls off that roof twelve that's true. feet. That's true. Um, <laughs> this movie is. I just I. Yeah, because in the so in the book, I think Holly Holly saves Butler to help fight the troll because like they're they're all gonna die right, and she yeah. saves Butler because and she breaks the rules to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's like it's it's more of a like defense thing than it is a oh humans they're fine thing. And then in the movie when Butler's dying, she's like, oh wait, I can save him for. I got my magic back. Yeah, and oh, it's... they can turn off people's magic in the movie. That was wild. Oh yeah, that's never set up. And then he's like, suspend so the magic, and she's like, oh no, my magic got turned off. Yeah, I'm like, what is it? Just like a cell phone that they have like damn apple get on that (laughs) um yeah no that's i i I totally forgot about there's so much in the movie that happens that oh wow someone left their phone on for a podcast recording sorry wow (laughs) professional shut up (laughs) um yeah it's it's this is going to go down as one of those unique experiences in my brain that I will always be grateful for because, like, don't know if I'll ever experience anything like this ever again. On Yeah, truly. It I was... said the same thing about cats, but cats is a different experience than this. Uh, yeah, that was that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, we're just going to let that one day. Not on this podcast feed, it's not. No. Because Jellicles... <laughs> All right, I think that's a good place to. <laughs> we don't need to hear David oh sing all through cats. Oh my, the entirety of it. I'll do the entire score as a podcast one day <laughs> and get sued by Andrew Lloyd Webber and all of his money. 
that'll be the day. I feel like this, I our discussion has been nonsense. Yeah, me which too. Which is an exact replication of the nonsense that was in the movie. Yeah. Like, I'm like, are people going to be able to follow what we're saying at all? But I'm like, I couldn't follow that movie at all. So it's really just an honest representation. Yeah. This this is this is Artemis Fowl, the movie. Not the book. The book is very straightforward. Oh. The book, the book simple, almost over easy. explains things. Yeah, it's nice. It's an easy read. You know, it definitely was written for, like, teenagers, young adults. Like, it has a good pro-Earth, anti-pollution message. Mm-hmm. They, they got rid of that completely. Oh, yeah, there was none of that. Yeah. Which is weird, because that seems so central to the themes. Mm-hmm. They got, I'm, but they got rid of everything else, so why would they keep that? Yeah, honestly, they just... They, they took some names, and they, like, wrote a new movie using the names from the book. I just want to... I want to sit down with Kenneth Branagh over, like, a Guinness. <laughs> with no... No See what cameras. You did there, the Irish beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with no cameras no microphones mm-hmm. i mean obviously i would love to record that conversation <laughs> but since that would ruin it and just be like so you read the book i'm assuming to direct the movie mm-hmm. and then you read the script what <laughs> happened after that like because anyone who has read the book can't watch this movie and be and be like oh yeah this was a good representation of those characters oh god no and i don't think that that's mean to say like it is so far left field from the book that it's i'm not even being rude i'm just being like this isn't the same thing yeah yeah it is so far off like it's like yeah and i'm usually the guy who's like i can see good in everything like there's stuff that I enjoy about everything. And honestly, there's stuff I enjoy about this movie. It's the wrong stuff. But <laughs> I loved how bad it was. <laughs> I'm usually the positive voice being like, no, no, no. You know, mm-hmm. I'm the guy who loves The Last Jedi. And I know that other people <laughs> don't, but like, I love it. And I, I, I'm the guy who will defend the final season of Game of Thrones. Because, mm-hmm. and like, I know that you don't, but I, <laughs> I do. There's a lot that I love about it. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that's tough to even do that with because I'm like, well, you had a really good book. There's a reason there's seven sequels to this book. I think it's seven. There's a reason why this is a famous series and why people are anticipating this. And it's because the the, the characters are interesting and the plot is... The, uh, let's be honest. The plot in the first book is less interesting than the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's. But the characters simple. are really fun yeah and like a 12 year old criminal mastermind is really fun a 12 year old who misses his dad and is in a situation he doesn't want to be in is less interesting yeah and in making the movie i feel like they just made a bunch of less interesting choices yeah holly short being white i'm sorry to that actress because i i I hope she has a great career ahead of her i don't you know i'm not trying to crap on her Mm -hmm. but holly short would have been more interesting black Mm-hmm. she just would have been yeah because she's supposed to be <laughs> yeah and you know as much as you know there there are, there are is a diversity in this movie in that there are people of color playing parts but the people of color are all playing supporting parts yeah the supporting characters in the foul manner and the supporting characters in leprechaun are the people of color 
and the leadership positions in all of those are white Mm -hmm. and it is you know i i don't want to say that it is you know i i can understand that like my lens right now is shifted more towards thinking about that stuff Mm -hmm. in a way that it probably should be but watching this movie it was hard not to see that they the way that the parts were divvied out along race lines Mm -hmm. is is problematic and i i I just i it it took me out of the movie actually Mm -hmm. you know for all the reasons i said earlier but yeah it just seems like every decision that was made on this movie is weird and out of left field and i don't understand why yeah i really like i a lot of times i can you know justify i'm like okay i can see maybe why they thought that but i really don't know what they were thinking with like 90 percent of this movie the 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 basic logic of the movie doesn't work yeah i don't know how any adult editing this film could have looked at the first time stop sequence and the second time stop sequence and be like those are the same yeah the the time stop is used twice and both times it does something so wildly different different. i don't know and like it makes me Mm -hmm. sad honestly because i loved this stuff as a kid oh yeah and there's not a lot that comes out that trash is something i love so much that it makes me sad that's hard to do Mm -hmm. but this makes me sad because it is not artemis fowl no in any way yeah it 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 just isn't it's 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 just it's a bad movie but it's more that it's just it is wrong Mm -hmm. what happens how they portray things it's just wrong and i yeah it just sucks it sucks that this is what the artemis fowl is going to be in live action yeah although watch we'll get a disney plus series that's more you know they keep doing that where they like mess up the movie and then we're, we get a live action series like five years later that's like the right way yeah I, when are they gonna do that with aragon i don't see that would be a well Aragon's a tough adaptation. Oh, please. There's that part where he spends like 600 pages sitting in the garden thinking about the world. In the, I think it's the third one. The third, in Brissinger? It's it's the one where he's just like learning dragon stuff for a lot of You mean where he has to like figure out his own name? That's the last book. Is that in the last book? But I've that's not 600 pages. There's a period in those books. They're on Vron Guard not very long. Where he is in one spot doing nothing for a long time. I just remember being like, this is... Oh. Are you talking about when he's training before the Blood Oath celebration? I think so, yeah. It's it's an... The it's, training part could be condensed. Yeah. It's long. That was a long... Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, I remember it now. It's coming. It's all coming back <laughs> to me now. Um, That's a long section of the book that mm-hmm. I was like... I feel like with words, you could describe a way through this. I loved it. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I love that series. Don't get me wrong. I just mean <laughs> adapting that to TV. I'll do it. Hire me. No, it's it's the money for the dragons. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the, the TV yeah. budget. If dragons. Game of Thrones ran out of CGI money, then well, I yeah, can't the, even imagine. The dragons aren't in every... Like, you can't... Oh, yeah. Safira is in the whole everything. thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, I get it. I just... Uh, no, the one that's getting it, though, sad. is um, Airbender. Because mm, um, right. the movie is... Yikes. 
Yikes on bikes. I actually, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think that the Avatar the Airbender movie by mm-hmm. M. Night Shyamalan is a better adaptation of that <laughs> than Artemis Fowl is of its book. Wow, guys, you heard that here. I'm, I can't, I, for a long time, uh, Avatar the Last Airbender, mm-hmm. which I think the movie is literally just called The Last Airbender. I think they dropped Avatar from the title because of the James Cameron movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For a long time, that was the worst adaptation of anything ever. But at least that one makes sense, kind of, this is, roughly. This is, and the characters, like... Are close enough. Well, no. But they're closer than this. Yeah, enough is a strong word. They're, yeah. The, like, Artemis Fowl, just, when you compare stuff to it, it just sets the bar so low that... Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't have anything tragic. else to say. Yeah, yeah, don't watch it. Or I'm, do. Or you know what? Okay, if you like bad movies and if you already have Disney Plus, watch it. Knock yourself out. You know, take a shot every time they say the Aculos. I guarantee you, halfway through you'll be passed out. Oh my god, do you know how pissed I would have been if this had come out on VOD and I'd spent like twenty dollars renting it or thirty dollars renting it? Yeah, no. I'm so glad we did not do that. We just, we pay for Disney Plus because of Baby Yoda. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, little Baby Yodes, <laughs> that cutie. He's worth it. He's worth it. This movie is not. Not worth it. Um, You should have Disney Plus because there's great stuff coming out. Hamilton will be on Disney Plus soon, mm-hmm. Um, which I'm excited for because you've never seen it. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to watch that. But um, yeah, what what else is coming up? We have, uh, we'll have a new Bakes video coming up on Friday. Yes. Yeah. That'll, That'll be, be Last of Us 2 related. It's going to be a Last of Us week. Um, yeah. Because Last of Us 2 is coming out. The mm-hmm. Last of Us, the first one, is one of my favorite games ever. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to be streaming Last of Us all weekend on uh, twitch.tv slash nerdy nightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be playing uh, starting at uh, 12 Mountain 2 Eastern on Friday. Um, or no, wait. 2 no. Mountain 4 Eastern is what we decided, on right? Friday? Yeah. All right, you're going to Thursday night. I'm going to try and stream it Thursday. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to. Okay. I will definitely be streaming on Friday, Saturday, and Friday, Sunday. Friday, it's, yeah, 2 p.m. Mountain. Yeah. Uh, um, 4 unless, p.m. Eastern. I mean, unless you want to start earlier. That's up to you. Well, no, because we're doing something before. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Um, <laughs> so I'll be streaming Last of Us 2 all weekend. We'll have a Last of Us-themed bakes video on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so stay tuned for those. There might also be something else this week. No, there won't. We don't have time this week. There will be another <laughs> video the week after. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we we got some new stuff coming at you. We will eventually get ahead of our schedule so that we aren't quite as always last minute with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're we're still figuring this out. We're still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. But you know, we're back with another podcast. Yeah. I really enjoy doing this with you. <laughs> it's fun. I like it. It's a good time. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's that's everything. Uh, follow us on all the social medias at Nerdy Nightly Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Follow at Clarus Tracaris on Twitch. Twitch, Instagram, and Facebook. Yeah. Um, and you're going to be streaming this week. Yeah, I'll be streaming back at it with Skyrim as per usual. I might try Ori in the Blind Forest one day this week, but nice. uh, I'm not, not 100% sure yet. Definitely Skyrim. And so, you're doing Monday, Wednesday. No, Monday, Monday Thursday, Thursday, Saturday this Wednesday week. Wednesday stream moved to Thursday, which will be. Mm hmm. The, the, I mean, it feels like the world's coming to an end. Like, 
you, you change your <laughs> stream schedule. Oh, please. It's been, I think you only did that for one week. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been two weeks. I'm dramatic. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Is there anything else we need to plug? <laughs> nah. Nah, I think that that covers it. Well, then I'm David Webb. I'm Arielle Edwards. Do something nerdy tonight. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.